Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. We went live a little bit earlier tonight since it's the end of the first quarter and we wanted to be on, you know, to give you some time to tune in and watch the show. We have a lot to talk about. And specifically, I want to talk about what Troy Aikman had to say last night, last uh, Last game at the end, towards the end of the game, Troy Aikman started speaking about the Cowboys and their potential to build something special. And I thought this over for a few hours and I wanted to share some thoughts with you and actually compliment it with another mind, big mind of the game. And I hope you like it. So welcome to the show. We will also have a little bit of Cowboys news. Then we'll move on to Overreaction Monday, which is a tradition here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I think we have some interesting ones. Now, how about the Colts putting a fight versus the Baltimore Ravens? So what is up, everyone? Make sure you like the video as you walk into the show. Make sure you share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So without further ado, now that more of us are here, let's get ready to start the show officially. What is up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way for the Cowboys 2021 season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. A lot of Cowboys content. Now, the articles that I'm showing you on the screen right now are from last week. But there are, some, there are already some articles up there on the Cowboys' win over the New York Giants. And I think that you will enjoy the content that we have planned for you throughout the entire week. So make sure you check that out. If you are into the Dallas Mavericks, you will find some great content from our Maps writer, Ian. He does a great job covering the Maps. So how about the Cowboys? I know that we were excited already about the win. But one day later, we might be even more excited because you take a look at the entire NFL, the landscape, the national media, and people are talking up the Dallas Cowboys right now as a legit contender within the NFC. So we'll get into that in a few minutes as well. Shout out to everyone who's saying what's up in the chat. D-Town. D-Town was a couple of weeks away from getting an Anthony Brown jersey here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, which is just absolutely insane because Anthony Brown had a pick six versus the Giants. And right when that happened, I said, man, thank God that did not happen versus the Philadelphia Eagles because I would have had to pay up. And I would have, but, you know, got lucky there. Anthony Brown decided to wait a couple of extra weeks. But, yeah, I got scared, like, you know, I had a, like a little bit of a flashback. Is that bad still on? <laughs> you know, Carlos Holloway, what is up? Thank you for joining me as well. Sky Blue in the chat. Okay, says Carlos. New England doesn't have Gilmore. 
anymore because Stefan Gilmer does not have, um, and even if they did, he was not going to be ready for week six of the NFL season. But yeah, Gilmore did a great job versus the Cowboys in 2019, and now the Cowboys will not be concerned about him. We will have an early look tomorrow versus the New England Patriots because they are an interesting team. Don't be fooled by the fact that they that they were in a close game versus the Bucks, but also don't be fooled about them almost losing to the Houston Texans. This Patriots team is all over the place, and we'll talk about their strengths and their weakness tomorrow night on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. What is up, Eugene? Thank you for joining the show. Electro, I see you as well. Diane in over at Facebook. Uh, a lot of people joining the show, and I appreciate you. Make sure you like the video as you walk into the show. Shout, shout out from Burke, says uh, Paul Sandoval. Hi, Michael Phillips. I love the Cowboys. Michael Phillips loves the Cowboys. What is up, Michael? Thank you for joining the show. So, yeah. Charles Moore gives, gives us the perfect segue into what we're going to talk about on tonight's episode. He says in the chat over at Facebook, I knew going into this year, something felt special about this team. I've seen it in camp. I've seen it in the preseason. And I think this is the perfect segue because Troy Aikman made Cowboys fans a little bit excited last night when he talked about the Cowboys potential on the Fox broadcast. And I will read you the full quote of what Troy Aikman had to say because I really will not make him any justice if I don't read it word for word. Towards the end of the game, when the Cowboys had already blown up the scoreboard, they were leading big versus the New York Giants. Troy Aikman had this to say. He said that the Dallas Cowboys has the Dallas has the makings of doing something really special. And then he went on to talk about Dak Prescott. He said, I think the guy that makes this happen is Dak Prescott. I think he's such a great leader and such an unselfish leader. And that is key. We will come back to this in a few minutes. He just wants to win. I think he's the biggest reason why this team, if they achieve what I think they're capable of achieving, a large part of what is going of that is going to be because of number four here and the way that he leads this team and the respect that he demands and commands in that locker room. So listen, it's a big quote from Troy Eggman. And many people will say, you know, Troy is exaggerating a little bit, but I don't think he is. And actually, I, I have a question for you guys in the chat on Facebook and on YouTube. And this is a fill in the blank kind of question. I have not been this excited about a Cowboys team since, and then you can fill in whatever your answer is. Make sure you do that as well. So while you do that, while you think of that answer, Let me tell you why I think that Troy Aikman is exactly right regarding his comments on Dak Prescott. There is this book that I love, and I will talk a little bit about it as well. Now, this book is from Michael Lombardi. And I know Michael Lombardi has been a little bit controversial on social media. I know he has been that way for a few weeks now, for a few years now. But he's still a, an NFL executive that has worked with championship teams And that has worked with Al Davis, Bill Belichick, and even Bill Walsh, right? With three of the biggest coaches in NFL history. He has this book that, he, that it is called Gridiron Genius. Now, this is not an app. I, I just, when I read Troy Aikman's uh, quote, I started thinking about this book. Because in one of the chapters, 
Michael Lombardi talks about team building and he talks about having the right quarterback for the team. And he points out seven characteristics that a quarterback in the NFL has to have in order to win a championship team around him. Number one is a winning way. Dak Prescott has had that since day one when he was in Mississippi State and he actually led the Bulldogs to a number one ranking at some point during his career. Number two is a thick skin. And by now, if we have not figured out that Dak Prescott has a thick skin, then we're not paying attention because Dak Prescott has shown us that year after year, week after week. Even when it comes to the contract talks, Dak Prescott was always concentrated. He was always focused and he always deflected questions from the media talking about how he had his team of agents and then they were going to get the deal done. Work ethic. Mike McCarthy said it himself after the injury. He talked about how an individual cannot do any more than what Dak Prescott did during his rehab to get back on the playing field. Number four, football smarts. How many quarterbacks walk up to the line of scrimmage and are as vocal as Dak Prescott is right now for the 2021 Dallas Cowboys? Little by little, he's grown into that role and the Cowboys are letting him display his marks on the football field. And I think that is something that has gone a little bit, you know, unheralded by, by a lot of people. Let's give a round of applause to Dak Prescott because of that. Number five, innate ability. We know that he has that as well. Number six, carriage. The way that he carries himself. Dak Prescott has also shown that. And then number seven, leadership. Dak Prescott has shown that he is a tremendous leader for the Dallas Cowboys. And listen, I love Tony Romo. Tony Romo is one of the first quarterbacks that I ever watched. And he has a special place in my heart. But I will tell you right now that Tony Romo was not even close to being the leader Let's forget about the quarterback debate and all of that, which is not worth it. But if we're talking about leadership, Dak Prescott is years and, you know, he's way ahead of Tony Romo, in my opinion. Dak Prescott has shown since the day that he walked into the Dallas Cowboys locker room, he has been the guy for the Cowboys players. So Troy Aikman mentioned this. He mentioned his leadership, but he said such an unselfish leader and we can go back to those contract talks. And, you know, Dak was never a distraction for the Dallas Cowboys, even though he was involved in these big contract talks. And the fact that the Cowboys have a guy like that at quarterback should make you believe that this team can go the long distance. We can talk about a quarterback having the best arm. We can talk about them having this, having that, the other. But, you know, you don't have to look that far to look at an example of a great leader in the NFL. And let's just talk about Tom Brady, for example, with the Bucs. The Bucs had an elite defense already built when Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay. And the fact that Tom Brady walked into the Bucs locker room and took over completely did not only have to do with the way that he actually physically plays the position, but his mindset and where he can take his team as a leader. And Dak Prescott does not have the proof yet to back it up in terms of rings, but he's as close as a leader to, to Tom Brady. He's as close as anybody in the NFL. He's one of the very best leaders in the entire league. And that is something that even, even you know, 
people or fans who are against or anti Dak Prescott because of his play, even if even those fans, I think they can agree or they cannot deny how good of a leader Dak Prescott is. So I think that is why Troy Aikman was exactly on point. And I think that if you complement his comments with Michael Lombardi's thoughts on a quarterback, a championship quarterback, you can reach that conclusion as well. What is up, Primetime Field, saying, I was a kid. So the question was, fill in the blank, I have not been this excited about a Cowboys team since. And Primetime Field says, I was a kid. Charles Moore says, 1995, since we got Deion Sanders, here's D-Town. Since Dak and Six rookie year, says Chava over on Facebook as well. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Holloway says 2014, which I think is a very fair answer. And I thought about that answer as well. Now, you know I'm a young, I'm a, a young person. You know I did not get to see the 90s Cowboys. I only saw them on YouTube clips maybe, but I, did not, I was not able. I'm from 1999. I'm 22 years old, so I did not see those great Cowboys teams. Lasai saying the Cowboys are going 5-1. and one. If you agree with that, make sure you hit that like button. And, of course, share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. So I don't have a lot of teams to pick and choose from to answer that question on which team – which Cowboys team had me the most excited than this one? And I was going to say 2014 because if I look back on the Cowboys teams in recent years, I would tell you that 2014 was the year, even more so than 2016. Because in 2016, there were some other variables, including the fact that Dak Prescott was a rookie, and you kind of that that held us back. Like you know, a rookie quarterback has never won a Super Bowl and probably never will. Maybe one year it will happen, of course. One year it will inevitably happen. But we had those kind of doubts in our minds. Now, other than that, there were the Atlanta Falcons who were just taking over the entire league. And even as excited as we were about the 2014 Cowboys, we knew that they were just a step behind the Falcons. But 2014 felt different. And, of course, you had the Green Bay desk catch, no catch game. And that was frustrating. And when you look back on the Cowboys teams, you know, you, 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 we all thought that was a team. But I think that in 2014, by week five, after week five, we did not feel as confident. Sure, the Cowboys got some big-time upsets, and they were starting to make us believe. But I think that right now, the fact that the Cowboys have this thing going with Dak Prescott, with Kellen Moore, who are apparently close to being best friends, a great relationship to have within the Dallas Cowboys organization. There are just a lot of things that are going right for the Dallas Cowboys. Trevon Diggs having six interceptions. I will have to give away Trevon Diggs jersey, by the way, on Twitter. And that was a, an unexpected plot twist. Because as you know, I have a, a show. Well, my Twitter is bilingual. If you don't follow me yet on NFL. That is at M-A-U-N-F-L. I tweeted out that, hey, if this gets to 100 tweets and Trevon gets a pick, I will give away a jersey. And it ended up happening. So, you know, anyways, that was just a small parenthesis. But things are going right for the Cowboys. So I think that even if I say 2014, it might be recency bias. But I think that I'm more excited about this 2021 Cowboys team than the 2020 that the 2014 one 
before week six. I think that is the case. Which week was it when the Cowboys went into Seattle in 2014 and beat them and beat the 12th man? Do you remember the... the because I, I want to think it was week six, actually. But I, I don't want to, to tell you any kind of lies. But I think it was week six. Let me just confirm here. Yeah, it was week six. So maybe we're a week away from getting excited because when the Cowboys beat the Seattle Seahawks with that Terrence Williams toe catch over on the sideline, that was the first time I think that we really believed on that 2014 team. Anyways, we have more answers over here. And Jorge Pedrosa saying that he believes he's a running back. How much for the, what? <laughs> what? I'm, I'm just confused right now. Is Jorge auditioning for the Dallas Cowboys to be a running back for them? All kidding aside, though, if you are a, are you running back, I wish you the best, Jorge. Wish you the best in your career. I'd take Dak over any other quarterback in the league, says Dallas Young. It's a long season. Dallas Cowboys is in a good place, says Javier. Jerry Acuna will go with since Troy Aikman was playing. I didn't get to see the 90s either. I'm 17, says Carlos. We have not been there yet. We have not seen, we, we do not know what it's like. Um, Mauricio, 1992, great job. Thank you, JC. 1992, when we started showing flashes of greatness, even though it, it was a very young team. And that is the, the case for that those 90s Cowboys team. I can't imagine how excited people were because they were, in fact, very young and things were changing very quickly under Jimmy Johnson. So I think that that should have been excited, definitely. James says that he has not been this excited since the original triplets, Staubach, Dorsett, and Pearson. Dallas, we are playing the New England Patriots, and the Cowboys are actually, and I will get a little bit ahead of myself, but they opened as 3.5 favorites. And if that is not a sign of how things are changing in the NFL I don't know what is, but yeah. So regarding some Cowboys news, let's have a small section, a small segment of Cowboys catch up. Not a lot of news yet, but the Dallas Cowboys confirmed to the media that there are not, there are not a lot of, you know, injuries to report after the win versus the New York Giants. However, there was an update regarding injured reserve players. Now, none of the players are expected to return versus the New England Patriots. And one of the questions for the show is, whose future return are you looking forward to the most? Neville Gallimore, a defensive tackle, or Kelvin Joseph, the second-round draft pick at cornerback? Let, uh, let us know in the chat on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. So they're not coming back, any of them, versus the Patriots, but they might start, some of them might start practicing. Remember that injured reserve now today works in a way in which you can activate a player for practice. You can activate that 21-day period and the player has that 21-day period to practice. But in those 21 days, you need to activate him to the 53-man roster in order for him to return. If he does not make it, Within those, 20, 20, within those 21 days, then you cannot activate him anymore, and he's done for the year. So some players might start practicing. Mike McCarthy said in a presser today that the list is not yet finalized, but I would guess that since tomorrow we are, it will be Tuesday, we will get that information very quickly. So 
my answer to the question, and I'm seeing a lot of mixed answers. Uh, Tino says, what's the status with boss man fat? We don't not, we do not know yet. Now I think that, and this is just pure speculation, but the way that Mike McCarthy has answered the injured reserve questions for the last couple of weeks makes me think that Kelvin Joseph is a little bit behind in comparison to Neville Gallimer. Now that might not be true, but at some points, for example, Mike McCarthy has said that some players are close, and then he has said that that Kelvin Joseph might still be a few weeks away. I think that, and by now we kind of know it already, regard since Mike McCarthy said what he said in a presser. But we should not expect any returns until Week Eight when the Cowboys face the Minnesota Vikings, which I think will be a fun game. By the way, I don't, I do not want to get ahead of the schedule, but that might be that has the potential to be a fun game, even though the Vikings have struggled in the past couple of weeks. Dallas Young says that Gallimore is his answer for sure. D-Town goes with Gallimore as well. Uh, Charles Moore will go with a wild card and say Collins for the offense. Now, you know, and Dale Prime says, glad we have a lot of depth on defense right now. It has helped the Cowboys tremendously. When they, If you had told us that Demarcus Lawrence was not going to be on the team, Neville Gallimore wasn't going to be on the team either, I think no one would have expected the Cowboys to perform the way that they have so far on defense. So, yeah, I, there you go. Now, my answer would be Joseph. Gallimore clearly helps this team more because he is a safe bet. Like, we know that Neville Gallimore is going to play good football for the Dallas Cowboys. But the reason why I want to watch... Kelvin Joseph back on the Cowboys is that we still do not know who he is. Sure, he had some ups and downs in the preseason, but we have not seen him play in the regular season. And the Cowboys could use some help at cornerback, even though Anthony Brown has improved in the past few weeks. And maybe he's not playing as bad as many fans would tell you. He gets burnt bad sometimes. But also, Anthony Brown has been making some plays for the past few weeks. And I'm not talking only about that pick six that he had versus versus the Giants, he's, he's played maybe better than giving credit for, in my opinion. I would like to see Joseph get some reps when he gets healthy, says Charles Moore. I think he will get them. I think that is for certain. He will get some reps because even though Anthony Brown has played better, he's still not that same guy, right? Is Collins back this week, asks Dallas Young. He's not, unless something happens with the lawsuit which I strongly doubt, to be honest with you. Dak Prescott testified for Lyle Collins. And they might have a case, but I don't see the NFL walking back on their decision. Maybe after the suspension is done and there is some financial impact for the lawsuit. I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. But I would expect him to be back until week eight as well versus the Minnesota Vikings. So people are talking about the Cardinals in the chat, but... I'm not sure what the question was. Or, all right, I'll try asking again, says Val Ballantin. All right, all right. Who is the biggest challenge left for us in the regular season? And people are arguing between the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Oof, that is a good one. And actually, this has to do a little bit with the first question of Overreaction Monday. So I will use this comment to walk into that section. We have Overreaction Monday. Every week here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And we will always try to begin with a Cowboys-related question. So are you ready? Remember how this works. I give you a statement. 
and you have to reply, is it an overreaction or is it a fair reaction? So here we go. The first one is, oh, and I missed that, this one. All right. The Cowboys will get to 13 wins this season. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? And this has to do a lot with who is left on the schedule. Now, injuries will happen. Hopefully, there are not any major injuries for the Dallas Cowboys, but they tend to happen in the NFL. So even though some games look easy, to keep that in mind, injury luck is a thing in the NFL. But the Cowboys have these teams left on the schedule. They had the Patriots on week six. Then you will come, you will have a bye week, and you will travel to Minnesota to face the Vikings. We have a good offense. And, well, they have an inconsistent offense, but when they're clicking, they're dangerous, and they have a strong running game, and sometimes Kirk Cousins is unexplicably on fire. So there's that. Then you will face the Broncos at home, which I know that they have a good defense, but I think they're a great matchup for the Dallas Cowboys because the offense will not be able to, will likely not be able to keep up with Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore, the Broncos offense. Then you have a home game versus the Falcons, who are a hot mess right now. You will travel to the Chiefs, and I think that is the toughest game yet. I know some people uh, mentioned the Chiefs, the, the Cardinals, as, a, uh, as another potential rival, but a November game, late November game in Kansas City, I don't like that. I, I mean, it's a tough game. I'm not saying that the Cowboys cannot win it, but I will point to, towards the Chiefs as your major rival. And we will talk more about Kansas in a few weeks. Now, there you have the Raiders, the Saints, Washington Giants, Washington Cardinals, and Philadelphia. I think it's a fair reaction. And listen, actually, the betting win, to, the win totals for the Cowboys in the sportsbooks world is at 11 and a half. For the Cowboys, they started the season at nine and a half. Sportsbooks had the Cowboys as a nine and a half kind of team, flirting with the 10 wins. And now they're already at 11 and a half after a 4-1 start. So I would take the over. I will tell you right now that I would take the over on that number. 11 and a half, easy. And 13 wins is pretty doable for the Dallas Cowboys. And this will be key for the Cowboys' success in the postseason. It's very early. We are still in October. But the Cowboys are off to a 4-1 and one start, and that makes them a legitimate contender, not only within the NFC, but for the top seed in the conference. And if you get that, you get a home field advantage. We have seen that the Cowboys are capable of beating anybody in the league. They have to clean up a lot of stuff. They have to tighten some things up. Big plays on defense. You cannot keep allowing that. You have to do a lot, a lot of little things, right? They got off to a, a, an off start versus the Giants. All of that has to be in place for the postseason. But every team is having these sorts of slow starts even the best of teams so yeah I, I think that it is a fair reaction and I think that most people agreed with that in the chat Tino Chava Val Valentine Gabriel Del Prime Eric Montoya as well so yeah I think it is a fair reaction let's let's see that we gotta take it week by week says Dallas Young hey the Cowboys need to take it week by week I think that we can look we as as followers of the team uh, people discussing the team. We can get a little bit ahead. There's no problem with that. The Cowboys, though, they need to take it week by week. <laughs> so, now nah, I'm, I'm all kidding aside. Yeah. Cowboys are the most dangerous team right now, says T. Sheila. 
because of how balanced they are. On offense, they can run the ball or pass it. Now, the Cowboys avoid the Green Bay Packers. They avoid the Rams on this on these year's schedule, and they have already played the Tampa Bay Bucks, which might be the top three teams in their conference, or, or at least two of them. I think that the Cowboys ranked in the top four, as we discussed last night. I'm not exact, exactly sure how I would rank them, but the Cowboys are a top four team in the conference. So, yeah, let's go. Oh, oh, is that true? Please. Wait. Oh, my God. John Gruden and the Raiders are parting ways. Oh, my God. It was reported by Tom Palicero. It's overset source. I don't know if you guys read the comments. Oh, my God. That was quick. I'm, I'm shocked, to be honest with you. I don't know if you guys read the emails. Now, I know, I know a lot of people were kind of, you know, justifying John Gruden after that first email came out on the Maurice Smith. But I don't know if you guys read the New York Times piece that came out today. And after I was shocked when reading it because there were just so many comments. Like, it was not a mistake. It, it was like kind of his behavior and his way of, of doing things and believing things. And it does not matter where you look at it from. It, it was wrong. The emails and the comments within the emails were flat out wrong. But wow, it was just too much. It was too much for the Raiders. And I think that this is the right move for, for the Raiders, to be honest with you. But it's also a tough situation for an NFL team that was, you know, having a overall good season, bad cup, bad last couple of weeks. They lost versus the Chargers. They lost surprisingly versus the... They lost surprisingly versus the, the, the Chicago Bears yesterday. But man, it was just too much. I, if, you, if you had not read it yet, I recommend you read the I recommend you read the New York Times article on his emails from today. It was just a little bit much. So and by a little bit I mean a lot, to be honest. And there's no way of justifying what he was saying versus everyone, basically. Thanks for, to Gruden for giving us Cooper, says Dallas Junk. Honestly, the Raiders will get better with him. Mayak gone. That's another variable in the conversation. What about Mike Mayak, right? Gruden was overrated, wasn't wor worth $100 million. I don't care about the emails, and I'm black, says D-Town. We play Raiders on Thanksgiving, says Mark. I don't know how he can lead this, his team after that, so all of that, so it makes sense. Because it's not only, it's, it's not only about... You know, as D-Town was saying, it's not only about the players. It's not only about black players. It's, it's about Carl Nassib, for example, as well. And I don't know if you guys read that, but it's another, you know, aspect to this whole conversation. Damn. Honestly, the Raiders. Oh, I already had that, read that comment. Mark says, we play Raiders on Thanksgiving. Val Valentin says, after a season like last year, we don't have to take it week by week and be happy with what we got going regarding Dallas Cowboys. 
Whoa, I did not expect this at all. What were the emails about Gruden, says the king. Now, if you have not read the emails, I, I truly don't want to get into the details because I, even though I'm not writing those emails, I don't even want to read them. But they were, you know, racist comments, um, misogynistic comments as well, homophobic comments on his emails. Read the, read the New York Times article. So the Wall Street Journal reported the first of them. Now, in case you have not uh, find out, found out why these are coming out, it has to do with the NFL's investigation on the Washington football team. As you guys know, the Washington football team got involved in this investigation because of violence against women, and some dark details started to come out, and then John Gruden somehow got involved in some emails to Mr. Allen, and that is why some John Gruden emails started to come out. And I believe that, I would, I would assume that after those first emails came out, the investigation started to go deeper and deeper. And then today, the New York Times, the first one was from the Wall Street Journal, and then the New York Times came out with a lot more details today. And man, it was just, it was just bad, to be honest. Just Google it, says the Stevie Mac. They're all over the, uh, and plus we can say it here because YouTube will get mad at us. And honestly, even if YouTube did not get mad at us, I would not be fully comfortable <laughs> reading them or saying it. So yeah. So, yeah, Detail says, oh wow, I didn't know the emails included all of that, but it's not surprising. It is certainly not surprising, but yeah, that was what shocked me the most. Like I read the first email and I, you know, it was like, okay, that sucks, that, that's wrong. But then after reading the additional emails that came out today, there was, it's not a surprise that, that John Gruden has parted ways with the Raiders. I mean, I know I, I was just surprised a few minutes ago, but yeah. Whew. It's a weird transition to carry on with, you know, overreaction Monday. But let's try to do so and let's push towards the end of the show. I have only two more. Don't worry about it. So, you know, let's keep it with the Chiefs conversation. We were talking about the Chiefs being the toughest challenge on the Cowboys schedule. So now the true, the two and three Chiefs will not make the AFC title game. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? Something that makes this very interesting is that the Chiefs are already two and three. Two wins, three losses. According to the NFL operation stats, this would mean that the Chiefs have a 1% chance of not making it to the first round bye. So the number one seed in the, NFC, in the AFC is out of reach for the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now, you could make an argument that they will not win the division because the Chargers have only one loss versus who? Who bit the Chargers? All right, let's save that for another day. But yeah, the Chargers have only one loss. The Broncos got off to a good start as well. The Raiders, well, you know, the Raiders are about to maybe have a little bit of a bump in the road, and they have already had one in the past couple of weeks. But anyways, the Chargers are the team that might be the team to beat right now in the AFC West, just because they have already beaten the Chiefs and they have beaten the Browns. So, I think it is a sort of a fair reaction, but I would say that do not count them out just yet because the Chiefs are struggling on defense a lot, but on offense, 
Aside from the turnovers, they are being one of the most efficient Kansas City Chiefs team in the past few years. And that is including the big offenses that we saw in 2019, in 2020. But the defense is just off the charts bad. It's just, I mean, like the Chiefs defense has been bad for a few years now. But this is just another level of bad. This is 2020 Cowboys levels that we are talking about here regarding the, Cow the, the Chiefs. They might be even a little bit uh, worse on that front. So I will say fair reaction is a good answer. But I would say that, hey, do not count them out. Because Charbarius Ward at cornerback will come back for Kansas. Chris Jones will come back. Steve Spagnuolo's defenses tend to get better throughout the entire year. That was not the case in 2020. But in 2019 and in 2018, it was. So I would not, I would not count the Chiefs out just yet. Now, the Reaper says they just said John Gruden was fired on TV. We were talking about that just a few minutes ago in case when the show is over. Or right now, if you want to rewind the show a little bit, we discussed it short of at length. Man, that was crazy. Well, anyways, one last overreaction Monday thought. The Steelers beat the Broncos. So the question is, are the Steelers back like the Texas Longhorns were? For a few moments, I know some people will not like this comment because it's a Dallas Cowboys show. But man, what a game that was. Anyways, the Sears are back. Is that a fair reaction or an overreaction? Boom. It is an overreaction, in my opinion, to be honest with you. It is an overreaction, even though I will say that the Steelers fans should have a little bit of optimism regarding the rest of the 2021 season. This was the first game with Juju, Deontay Johnson, and none other than uh, Chase Claypool on the field at the same time. But the left tackle, the left guard, and the center were playing good football, and that had not been the case for the season. If that O-line figures things out, this Steelers team is going to respond on offense. Like, Big Ben is not entirely 100% done. He is done if the offensive line is not performing. Like, he cannot make up for that anymore. But if they find their rhythm and they start clicking over in the trenches, this team can still be very competitive because they have a good defense. However, to say that they are fully back, to me, might be an overreaction. And they just beat a Broncos team that has virtually no offense either. Their strength is on, off, is on the defense. Overreaction, overreaction. Fair, but the Steelers have a tough schedule, says D-Town. That is true. Now, Juju Smith, the fact that Juju Smith is out for the season, like we were talking about them just getting that trio back of receivers for last week's game, and now that they have lost Juju, it's just a tough blow for them. They need to win a couple more games for me to believe, says the King. Uh, Steelers lost Juju. They did shoulder injury. Steelers defense can carry them if they can stay healthy, says D-Town. And then, but the Steelers do have the hardest schedule. They, they do. They do. So let's say, well, I will, I will stick to overreaction, but not, do not count them out just yet. Do not fully count them out. But anyways, wow. That is it for me tonight. It was an interesting show. We had the John Gruden news. Wow. It was just an impressive thing. Anyways. Whoo. Val Valentin says, who cares about the Steelers? It's Cowboys talk. Well, we have overreaction Monday once a week. And I think it's a fun section to look at things around the league. Let's have a little bit of fun with it. Let's have a little bit of fun with it. Well, anyways, that will be it for me tonight. 
Thank you for joining the show here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. As always, we are live here at 8 p.m. Central Time. But make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. There are some articles up there regarding the Cowboys win over the Giants. Make sure you go check that out. And if you're a Mavericks fan, make sure you check that out as well. So make sure you like the video. Share it if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at MAUNFL. That's M-A-U-N-F-L. Thank you, everyone, and good night. Have a fun Monday night and enjoy. So a little bit of a blooper there. I left the studio, but I did not end the broadcast. Now, <laughs> good night, everyone.